Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening in. We are the Hunger for Knowledge, myself, Rob Tibbins, and Will Beatty. We're going to talk about the effects of religion on the general population. So uh, why don't we get started? I thought the first thing we would do would be uh, talk about how you grew up in a religious atmosphere and and how it affected you in a in positive and negative way. Uh, I grew up in a in a non denominational family. Like uh, my family uh, was Baptist at one point in time, but uh, I eventually ended up going to all different kinds of churches. So. Uh, I saw a lot of good things, you know. I saw um, I saw a real sense of community. Um, there, it, it was like there was actually people who uh, who, who cared about you, and you know, it, it's it's a, it was awesome from that aspect. Um, and as time went on, you know, you get older, and uh, eventually you start to realize that. Uh, people, uh, specifically older people, uh, can tell you things that aren't true. Um, you know, you go to school and, you know, you learn that the, the earth is, you know, billions of years old and then you go somewhere and they tell you that the earth is six to 10,000 years old. You know, when you start having those discrepancies, uh, you, you start to question, well, who's right? And you investigate those things. So uh, when I was growing up, I, I was pretty much involved in church, you know, maybe two times a week, you know, Wednesday and, and Sundays. But um, when I was growing up, I, you know, I believed it. You know, I was, even though I, I don't think that I... Uh, put as much time into it as some people do. Like, you know, some people try to, you know, out Christian you to say, well, you know, yeah. you know, it, it, you weren't really a real Christian. I was there every day. And, you know, it's like, I, even though I didn't give it all my time, I still believed it. You know, I believed it to the point where, uh, I remember there was a time maybe when I was around 10, 11 or something like that. And I, I couldn't, go to sleep like i it was the beginning of my insomnia because i believed that the world could possibly end every night and i was like man i don't want to be asleep if the world ends like <laughs> and but it you know this it, you know they really drove it home they'd be like well no man knows the hour and i was like i was like you're right and i was like neither do i so i'm just stay up you know like i don't know like i would listen out in the distance for trumpets because they said that trumpets <laughs> were going to be blown. I'm like, man, once them trumpets go off, there's it's dragons over. coming. It's over. There's a bunch of, one of the scariest things I ever did was probably uh, read the book of revelations when I was like, I must've been somewhere around 11 or 12. And, you know, to, you know, when you grow up and they say everything in this book is true and you believe that. And then you read, of something that's coming that everybody always thinks that they're going to be a part of the time when the world ends. So I'm like, man, I could be, a, there's, they said dragons are coming and people are going to disappear. Like, you know, there's, 
there's all kinds of crazy stuff going to happen. And that really affected me. So going to be I, a battle on Middle Earth, right? Yeah. It, but yeah, like it, it makes Middle Earth look like, you know, child's play. They're, they got, they got, they're, fire lakes and people getting cast into it and i'm like what is going on here you know i but i believed that i believed it to the point where i create it created a complex you know it it, it really made me uh uh scared for the future so to speak um and those are the kinds of things that i think people kind of overlook they uh, um i'm very much uh, about the effects of this on children because yes. as a child your mind is susceptible to so much you're very impressionable very impressionable because you're you know I, my my children are, are, are two and one so i'm watching the beginning of life and the way that they pick things up at an early age and that's all you know watching them i realized that that's all that you actually do in life you just you go through life watching people who've done things and you copy them and you you say well does this work for me and stuff and for something like religion most people i'd say uh pick it up from their parents you know and you don't even know how long back in history that actually goes you know i've often thought i might be the first person in either side of my family's uh lineage to 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 say that he wasn't a christian um and who knows how long you you really know how long uh people have been practicing this kind of stuff um so the other thing i thought um is you wondered why this is important to you obviously we kind of talked about that a little bit but i know this is a pretty important subject to you personally um You know, and how we're gonna how it affects children. You know, a lot of the two is I think when kids are young, like I said, we're they're very impressionable, and you know, it's hard for them to understand that you know this is the way it has to be done, or and there's no other way to be done for it to be done. So it's a form of control, also. It's absolutely a form of control. So I mean, that's that's uh, one big thing. You should probably talk about how you know when you were younger, growing up, and then how you got you know okay came over, moved here. Okay, um, my entire life until I was about, I'd say eighteen or nineteen or so, I I would have considered myself a Christian to varying degrees. You know, um, I believed it a little bit more at other times than than some. You know, and uh, when I was growing up, um. I think one of the most formulative things that happened was uh, my grandmother, she passed when I was 11, and uh, I found her body. I was the one to find her body. So um, we were in a house by ourselves, and there was this thought that came to my head that there was a time where I thought there was two people in that house. And I came to find out, actually, I was the only living person in that house. And uh, that started this question in my head. Um, and I was, well, where did my grandmother go? Because uh, then I'd go to, you know, I'd go to church and I'd listen to, you know, uh, what people said about, well, she's in heaven now and all this stuff. 
and I really just didn't buy it. I didn't, I didn't buy that she was walking on gold streets somewhere in the clouds with some sort of spirit body thing. Cause her body's there. Right. And I mean, she didn't take that with her. Right. I don't know how you have spirit feet or whatever, but her body was there. I touched it. I felt that it was still warm. So her body was still there. So where is she? And what is she? What 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 am I talking about? My grand it was like it's almost kind of like coming across like a, a broke down car. You know, like uh, at one point in time there yeah. was power in this car. Right. So it's like here's this corpse, and I'm like, well, what what was my grandmother? Because whatever this you know this body is. It's not her. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not her. Like, there was something that animated her, so to speak, you know? I always find it kind of interesting, like, the different religions of how they uh, try and talk about what happens after you die. Yeah. Right? The reincarnation, all these different things. Like, it's always kind of interesting to me. People, you know, people uh, say so many different things about it. And that in that event... It kind of plunged me into this. I started looking into all different kinds of things after that. And I would still, you know, I, I still would call myself a Christian. And then as time went on, and really what was going on is I was just becoming more educated about the cultures and religions of the world. And human, I was humanizing them and actually saying, okay, you have something to teach me. Just in the same way that I would never say that I didn't learn anything from Christianity. Mm-hmm. I learned all kinds of things that I found find valuable from Christianity. But, you know, sometimes I ask Christians, like, well, you should ever, you know, look into maybe like what the Hindus think or maybe like what, you know, some Zoroastrianism. And, yeah. You know, do you have you ever gone into it? And a good deal of them will be like, well, uh, no, I, I, I can't look at that. I'm very skeptical of things that tell you not to acquire knowledge. Absolutely. Anything that's trying to tell you that you shouldn't, Any, you know, anything learn that's something. trying to tell you that some that they are the almighty and everything else is inferior. Yeah. is is a problem. It's a problem. And uh when when you, when it comes to religion, you have the situation where you have these there's I don't think people always think of religion as entity of power in the world but it absolutely is absolutely i i was just watching something about scientology the other day in 1955 you know that's a year before my dad was born but in that span of time that my dad's been alive a religion got enough power to go to war with the irs right Absolutely. So what does that mean for something that's Absolutely. been around for like 2,000 years? Right. What kind of power is the at Vatican. the core of that? The Vatican is the perfect example of the fact that people even like, the fact that like people like bend down and like kiss the Pope's ring and stuff like, and these are like world leaders and stuff like that. Yeah. The fact that that is happening is proof that it it's, it's, almost more powerful than the governments of the world i i well i think it's it's a way of they control the world in, they in use it ways, as yeah. they use it as a tool and i think they work with each other i i i always think about it as you know it's it's finance 
religion and yes, its absolutely. government. It's absolutely. like a triangle yeah. of, you know, this is these are the this is this is what constitutes your world. Your world is created by these people, right. and we live in a world now that there's so many people who are like blatantly against the way that the world functions, and religion. I think holds uh, it holds people in a place where uh, it's hard to grow. It's hard, you know. It's 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 hard to grow. Just in just in finding what it's been to uh, openly say that I'm a non-believer mm-hmm. um, is uh, you know I understand why people don't do it. Yeah, I understand why, because it, it you literally open yourself up to people attacking you and uh, you know saying vicious things about you, untrue things about you. Like it's it's weird. I remember growing up and thinking to myself, um, uh, my parents went to church, but I stopped going to church when I was like 10 because I just didn't didn't like it and I slept the whole time. Yeah. And uh, my mom was kind of embarrassed, so she said, just stay home. <laughs> That's how I would do it. <laughs> so, you know, work, for, you... work for me. So I just remember like thinking to, to other countries, thinking that like we impose that this is the the religion of the world. How is that right for other countries? Why can't we all, shouldn't we all be able to, to believe in whatever religion we want? We're a, a country of freedom, right? So we should have equal freedom for everybody, freedom of religion, you know? Yeah. But we, it, a lot of people, when I was growing up, I, I always remember thinking that, like, if you weren't a Christian, you were a bad person. Yeah. So I don't, I just don't understand that mindset you know i have a buddy that goes to church and like in their church in christianity they believe the woman should serve the man that's their thought process and they preach that on sunday Mm -hmm. and it's like so you're preaching inferiority to to people and so your kids are growing up to learn that and it's crazy to me when you really get into to, to to the bible and definitely like the role of women in the bible um You start to see the beginnings of um, social engineering, I think. I uh, think you're right. On, on the level of, okay, you have this woman who's in the Garden of Eden, and this woman is responsible pretty much for the reason why people die in the story. She she says she tells Adam, hey, take this fruit, and they eat it, which is, if we think about it, such a insane concept to think that the worst thing that people ever did was eat fruit off of a tree it's it's an insane concept but anyway the way that it goes with women is that through the rest of the book very rarely do you find any women who are of like high prestige or who have real purpose you know and uh that in some places um you know, this is still they still were talking about. Uh, you can sell your daughter and all, all like there's. It's just like no, it, the world is too civilized to listen to what some who some 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 people in the desert were were, were thinking about two thousand years ago about women and other things. Uh, because, like you said, I mean, it teaches um, a, a supremacy. 
And that supremacy is not just with women, but it then it gets into things like uh, homosexuals and um, then people twist it and it even gets racial. Yep. So it gets, yep. you know, that we when we look at it, when I look at the text, I say this thing teaches people how to be biased. I think a lot of times it gives people excuses. It does. It gives, yeah. you know. I can allow myself to feel that way about a certain person and I can blame, I read it in a book. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, and I think that's, I think a lot of times people don't actually, it's not so much that they're re- that religious, but it just gives them a crutch. Yeah. They say, okay, this is, this is okay and good to demean my wife right. and to add, and to make her feel like she's less than me because right. I'm following the Bible and that's yeah. how it's supposed to be. And, and yeah, it's, in the Bible, the white man was more important than anybody else. So it's okay that we hold everybody else down. I mean, it, the way that they kind of go about it in the Bible is like it. They almost kind of put it in this place where it's like they don't really talk so much about race outrightly. Okay. They talk about one thing. Um, not long ago, I had talked to a local pastor and. We started talking. I don't know how I got on the race. I mean, I guess really growing up here in Africa, being black and race, it always comes up because people are curious and afraid to have the conversation. Uh, And I'm more than willing to have, you know, to have it with people. Yeah. So it got on to um, the concept of where people come from. You know, we're talking about, he said, well, you he said, "Well, you know where where everybody comes from. It come everybody came off the ark. That's what he said. He said, now the way that 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 that's not overtly racial, but how it becomes racial is then people say, um, in the law and kind of the lore of it all. Because I don't, I, I'm a person who I don't even think that that happened." Yeah, you know what I mean. I, this, yeah. I think you're talking about people in a fairy tale. Yeah, and, I don't. And, uh, yeah. You know what I mean, I don't even think I, that I'm this. With ha- you. you know, yeah. so absolutely. But then they say, well, Ham, who was one of uh, Noah's uh, sons, mm-hmm. Ham, uh, after Noah, it's such an insane story. It's so wild. <laughs> Noah gets off of the boat, and his first inclination is, "I'm going to get drunk." So he gets drunk, and he falls out. I believe in his tent, and. His like, his clothes come up kind of, and he's like exposed. And his son came in and saw his nakedness, and he cursed Ham. And then people, the jump that people make is they say, "Well, Ham is the progenitor of what the world knows to be as black people." Mm-hmm. So Ham, so you're black because of a curse that Noah put on you when he got off. And was drunk in a drunken rage when he got off the ark about 4,000 years ago. And I'm just like, wait a second. Like, no, no, like you can't just jump to that. That's the the best plausible idea for where the, I don't really like using the word race because I only believe there's one race of people. But where the ethnic types, you know, where where different types of people um, come from, you know. And, you know, that's just a why. Like, it's a why. If somebody said that, if somebody had a similar story to that and lived, like, in the Amazon 
you'd be like, oh, well, that's clearly some sort of myth. You know, like it's, you, you, I don't know. I wouldn't I think so, it was real. Right, right. You try and tell a story to that somebody in the Amazon. They'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah these people. Like, you, they'd be like, you, you're crazy. You, yeah. Don't come, don't come back here. <laughs> and the thing about it is, is like these stories that you find in the Bible, you start to see where throughout history, there's older examples like uh the sumerians they had this uh this guy named uh, i think his name was zisudra mm-hmm. and zisudra was kind of like noah he like he was tasked uh, with building a boat because the gods i think the gods like had saw that they didn't like what was going on and they like I get. I think in the story, like they like kind of like leave Earth and they're just like kind of like chilling up in space or something, and they're just like, just 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 do away with all of this. And, but that but you start to see that people adapt stories. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. So and, and then they become things that some people think are factual. It's, it's like weird. mythology, right? So it you is like, it's mythology. like it's like it's like Zeus, but but. Th- when you're growing up and you're in school, they're teaching that that was just crazy, that that's not true. None of that's true. It's just stories. It's just, it's just whatever. How is it maybe that Christianity is not just stories, you know? I, so we're educated based off of uh Christianity mind, mindset. Absolutely. We're, we, that's our paradigm. We believe the world, um, we believe the world is um kind of, we see it in like two ways and that that gets into you know the concept of cognitive dissonance or you know the ability to to hold um contrary ideas in your mind you know simultaneously and so when i was growing up right i would go to school and they'd be like yeah the earth's billions of years old and then in the back of my mind it would be like nah the earth is 6 to 10,000 years old and i'm just like wait a sec eventually you you, you just have to come to grips with this idea like okay one of you is right, and one of you is not right. Right. So who's more likely to be right? The people who are telling me a story that in or the first part that a snake is talking, or actual people who take the time out to study these things and really like get you know geologists and things. But that's where it comes back to children, right? So you grow up that way, learning that, and you're impressionable, and that's how you, what you're learning. Yeah. So that's how they. That's why you know when it's so important at at a young age, you know, imagine if we taught science. You know, in the same similar fashion, yeah. you know, at a young age and, yeah. and and said, hey, yeah, there's this or, you know, you didn't learn about, okay, you know, 70,000 people or 70,000 years ago, there was a volcano and, you know, a certain amount of people made it out of one, co- out of one continent yeah. and that's where we evolved from. Yeah, they don't teach, uh, I think uh, that there's definitely places in the world well, not even the world, but I guess in some ways, yes, the world, but more specifically, the country where the things that are being taught to children are things that cannot be substantiated in any way. Right. But they're being learned in a learning environment. They're, they're teaching people things, you know, about the age of the earth and and, and trying to say stuff like, well, there was dinosaurs on the ark and stuff like that. Like they're just trying, like they're and they're teaching these in learning environments, and that I think is a very uh, dangerous, dangerous route to fundamentalism. 
I think we're going maybe through a transition in general. Like I believe that that maybe we're going through this this transition of people are believing less of you know Christianity and start questioning it more, and that's kind of why we're like in this state of of chaos a yeah. little bit because people are like, "What the heck? This this doesn't make sense anymore," and we're transitioning maybe into the next step, whatever that is. The way I tried to explain it to my dad is, is like, I grew up in the age of information yes, where yes. I could literally at the tip of my fingers learn about things that you would have had to rifle through right. thousands of, or hundreds of books. Absolutely. Um, or just to find access to one book that might say something alternative to what you've been believing. Um, and you have access that isn't... Um you know, taken away from you. There's, you know, yeah. some act, some, some information that they don't allow in certain countries or certain yeah. areas. Now you can, no matter where, you know, where you are in the world, you can look, you can find it somewhere. I I mean, I find, I have a problem with religion in general that, uh, that seeks to exclude people from other people Absolutely, and say, uh, you know, because it's not, uh, of course, I see the same things in Islam. I don't talk about Islam as much because I didn't grow up in Islam. You know, for people who feel somewhat um, burnt by Christianity, definitely in their youth. And, you know, some people don't come to grips with this, um, this kind of stuff until much later in their life. Um, there's, uh, you know... Uh, all kinds of preachers who, you know, spend 20, 30 years behind the pulpit only to come out one day and say, I don't really believe this stuff. Yeah. So if a person who's been well-versed in these kinds of things can say that, I don't think that it's crazy for just a regular person, you know, right. I'm just a regular person who figured out that, I didn't believe this. I, the wild part about it, I think, is the fact that I convinced myself that I did believe it for a long time. I, I didn't really believe it, but I convinced. I was convinced. I was just like, yeah. no, it's okay. Just forget all that stuff you just read and forget all everything you just learned. Forget your own original thoughts. Yeah, that's the weird part. It's just like it. It makes you, uh, uh kind of. You battled your intuition. Yeah, you battle your... That's a perfect way of putting it. You battle your intuition. You battle uh, information that comes into the contrary, even though it makes more sense to you that right. way. And that's a very strange phenomenon. Yeah, it's an inner battle of... You just... You have one one train of thought on one side and one train on the other, and it's yeah. just... You know, and you lean... Even though you've grown up in the one side, you lean, you lean so much to yeah. the other, it's just... It's it's disheartening sometimes. Yeah, I mean... And, and, you know, I'm not against them teaching what religion says in school, but I am against them teaching it as if that is the most verifiable truth. Right. That, that, that you can't outdo science in the sense that you know, if you're going to say all these things, you should probably have good evidence to, 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 to support it. But but they don't have to have evidence. You just have to have faith. You have to have faith. And faith is a very, uh, you know, my 
when I talk to my dad a lot about uh, this, it always comes back to, to, well, I just have faith in this. And, you know, I, I always uh, think of uh, well, atheist uh, uh, Matt Dillahunty. And one thing, he, you know, he always tries to get across to people is, is that faith is not a good way to get to truth. Right. It's it's just not. It's It can fail you. It You know, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you can have faith in things that do happen. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that had that because I've had plenty of faith in things that never came to any kind of fruition. So if you have faith in tangible things, yeah, you know you can have faith. So, but we're gonna say faith. Uh, let's say like witches or stuff like that. That that's no way that can be believable, even yeah. though people may have faith in it or whatever. That some form of yeah. maybe not faith, but some form of that way of thinking. Yeah. You know. So we're just gonna disregard all people that think in like mythology and and different religions and all that stuff just doesn't make any sense it's it's counterintuitive i don't i don't blame people for believing uh in things you know i have my own personal beliefs that um somebody would probably think it crazy just as crazy you know i have my own personal beliefs but my personal beliefs are not things that threaten other people. Right. You know, my me believe, you know, I I'm very much influenced by spiritualists and atheists the same. Some atheists, you know, um I think definitely look at the entire spiritual phenomenon as a whole bunch of mindlessness. And I understand I I, I get that. Um but there are certain things that I still uh, cling on to. I don't, you know, I do believe that there is uh, something that gave design to all of this, you know. But it's funny because I always, I also have the like the little atheist part of me. It's like, well, the, the, there's people who say that that's not necessarily so. I have that, but in the midst of all of this. It's still hard for me to believe that this is a random act of chance. Or, I mean, uh, that gets, when I think about that stuff, it gets, if you think about the universe, just how big it truly is, yeah. like what else is out there? Like, and how did we come from where we came from to get to here? And there's got to be a belief of there's something somewhere, you know, yeah. and spiritual or not spiritual, you know, um, I sometimes go back and forth on it but yeah i mean that's the thing about it it's you feel different ways at different times you know you you have certain knowledge at certain times you you don't you know i know what it is to be ignorant of things that eventually became very important things to me so it's like the way i look at it is i don't care i would never say that a person shouldn't have their own beliefs but they should be your own. They right. should be of your own volition. Like they shouldn't be something that somebody's just kind of like opens your mind and just um, implanted something um, that you take wholesale. That you're just like, oh, well, it has to be true because somebody told me that. And then you read things and then you question them and feel bad for questioning them. Yeah. I felt bad for a lot of the questions that I asked early in my life. I'd just be like, wait a second, wait a second. How does a guy survive 
in a whale. Right. Like, what, like you know, that's, I, I mean, this was in the class, and I'm sitting there in this class, and I want to ask this question, but I don't want to look like I'm some sort of, like, troublemaker. You know, that I've always been a, a pretty good kid, you know. Yeah. I've never... <laughs> And I've never been arrested or anything like that. I've I've always been. I never really wanted to make waves. You know, my dad was a state police officer, so I, <laughs> I you know, I've 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 never even got a speeding ticket. You know uh, what I mean? Really? That's that's you know that's that's, <laughs> that's 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 how closely I pay attention to the law. I don't do it perfectly, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. But at the same time, I'm very cognizant and very mindful sure. of. The way I look, you know, when I was growing up in Africa, uh, my dad from a from an early age kind of put it in my head that you know being like one of the only black people that I felt like some sort of an ambassador, so to speak. Right. So I wanted to give off a good image. Yeah, you you had to be the good example because yeah, you were the only yeah. one. So yeah, I mean, I mean, and there was others, but. Specifically for my dad and just the way, you know, the way he, he came up, um, he, you know, he, he wanted us to be looked at well. And yeah. that's not a bad thing at no, all. No, that's good. That's a good thing. I, I get it and I'm with it. Um, but uh, it's like how we were talking about earlier, how um, even things that are predominantly good can have negative consequences. Right. And that, you know... Part of that became I was very afraid to do a lot of things when I was growing up that I wanted to do and wanted to see if it was for me, but I know how it will look. Yeah, and uh, and over time I lost uh, a lot of that need to be seen as a particular person, and uh, you know I I I I think even that you know. Even that, something that as much as like imagery of who you are still comes to a place of religion. It still comes to this place of, are you a respectable, upstanding human being? Are you, and eventually, you know, you, you start to find out that that's kind of like a code word for, are you a good Christian? Like, <laughs> what I always thought, well, thing, one thing, so you can be saved, right, on a certain, what, is it Easter? You can be saved whenever. All right. So your your sins are forgiven, supposedly, and uh, Even so you could be are, you are could famous. be a serial killer for forty yes. years of your life, and one day you believe, and they can wash away your sins, and you're gonna go to heaven. I like, just that's that's a crazy mindset. To <laughs> me. This is this even worse. <laughs> the other day I saw an article about a priest who had been raping a girl who was asking for forgiveness while he raped her. That's how real the situation of, oh, all I have to do is say a couple of Hail Marys or all yeah. I have to do is ask for forgiveness or something like that. When you when you can bail yourself out like that, you have almost <laughs> zero moral responsibility. Right. You can, you know, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did this. You know, uh, I still want to get into heaven. No, I know I just went on a serial rape spree, but I, 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 I you know, I'm, I, I still want to get in the pearly gate. So, you know, yeah. Jesus, you forgive me, right? You know, and Jesus, you know, <laughs> you if Jesus was a real person, he'd be like, no, you can't come in here. You right. rape people. You know what right, I mean? Like, right. but, 
that's not how that's that's not how they see it, and that's no. that's the thing about when you take a mythology and you take and you make it literal, and you it, like people can do some very strange things. Like I said about Scientology, it doesn't take long to make people believe something that. And Scientology is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy stuff going on there. There's some things going on there that now the world sees. The world sees that, okay, yes, you're free to have your own beliefs, but you're not free to abuse people. Right. That's not, that's not, you know, that's nobody, that's not what freedom of religion is about. You know, this, that's what this country, this country was founded on that concept. There's a lot of people who tell you, no, this is a Christian nation. It's a, it always has. It's like you don't know anything about history. Then you yeah. don't know that these people, uh, you know, from the jump, Europe's involvement here had to do with people who felt religiously persecuted, <laughs> and then they came here and persecuted other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, it's it's when you look at the, the you know, I, I know that 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 predates the concept of America, but. You know, even those people, a lot of those people were deists and uh, they were people who weren't what people would call traditionally Christian. You know, Thomas Jefferson created his own version of the Bible. You know what I mean? Like he, because he saw a whole bunch of stuff he thought was trash and was just like, nah, I'm just going to get rid of that part and this. And, you know, so. So you got to wonder how many interpretations of the Bible there has been over the years. One of the best pieces of information or uh, things that my dad has ever taught me, he said, you know, there's there's as many religions as there are people. There's as as many interpretations of the Bible as there are people because you, you live your life, you learn how you perceive things, and then as time goes on, you you use that perception to frame something like your religion, mm-hmm. and you know when you when you frame it uh, in a, in a certain way where you you can frame your religion to be all people I think are trying to say trying to substantiate their religion. Mm-hmm. They're trying to say okay, um, this is perfect, and. Even in the, the the face of the fact that I'm coming to, into contact with a world that would say that this is not perfect and that there are untrue things coming in here. They're constantly trying to validate it. Yeah. you And they have to. They yeah. have to continuously do it. And that's the, that's where something like religion and science are fundamentally different. You know, huh. when, when people are wrong in science, say, okay, I was wrong. You know? But when somebody points out a problem... With the Bible, whether that be some sort of uh, a moral problem, or or it could be just something that doesn't make sense with uh, you know differing stories and things like that, people they have to. That's what apologists are for. Are for they're yeah. there to explain away things that really can't be explained away. You can't explain away something saying one thing and then saying the complete opposite of that thing. Right. You know, you if you're when they talk about God, they they say you know people always say you know God is love, you know God is love, all loving, He's all loving. But how do you murder? How do you create an act of genocide and be all loving? How there's no per like there's no thing that 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 can do that. It's 
would uh I, I remember Dan Barker, he's um you know, he's a well known atheist. Uh he count he came out, I believe, on the Oprah show back in the eighties and uh as, you know, a not a preacher who had come out as a non believer, you know, because mm-hmm. you gotta think that that's a recent a recent thing. Right, you know, right. people weren't always ballsy enough to really do that. You know, well, it's just different time now. It's where a different they, where time. It allows you to the do world, it. the world is educated enough, right, to not completely shun these people, even though they do go through a um, a, a whole lot of stuff. Um, Can't imagine their families and their church church yeah. fellowship shun- shunning them and not you know having friends that they thought were friends, but they were only friends because yeah. they were their preacher. Rich, uh, Richard Dawkins, he uh, he helped uh, to found the the what they call the clergy project, and that's where um, it's a forum, or it's it at least started out as a forum for uh, pastors and that had lost their faith, and they needed people to talk to. You know, they needed somebody to, you know, they needed to talk to each other as a support system because you're literally dealing with your livelihood. Yeah. You know, you you know, you could be uh, fired and your family might get thrown out on the street. And all these people who had who were your connection no longer are your connection. Yeah. You know, that's that's one of the things that I've never really kind of recovered from the idea. Like I've never recovered from um, the sense of community in certain places, having that having people who would want to see you succeed and then. When you come out of that, that sense of community doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, you know, because these these people, you know, they don't want to hear it anymore. They they would much rather they'd much rather act like I wasn't saying anything at all than to possibly begin to contemplate the things that I was saying. And like that kind of stuff, like that mindset is just crazy <laughs> to me. Like you're a different, like they think you're a different person. Like they don't even know you, right? Yeah, you no longer will. You're somebody else. And it's just it's That's like I'm the same person. I like just, it's you know. not like you're going and, and becoming uh, a crack dealer. Yeah, you just you just I didn't kill have, anybody. <laughs> you, you, and you're you in general your morals are still the same. You're still you know leading a productive life and and trying to do good, but you just believe in a different way. The the way that it absolutely I think hurt me the most was in the sense that my family, uh. You know, not just people like, you know, my parents and, you know, but, you know, my extended family. When I started to say these kinds of things, the worst thing was that they started to devalue my perspective. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, well, he said he already says crazy stuff. So maybe we shouldn't listen to anything that he has to say. So, you know, that's that I think. That more so than anything, it's kind of like, um, I was very hurt by that, and it became sort of my fire. Mm-hmm. My, you know, this isn't something that I easily shut up about because it's it has such a personal um, attachment to me mm-hmm. that I can go on forever talking about it because I've re- I, I hate it when people try to act like I have no reason to even entertain these thoughts. I, I I only entertain these thoughts because I chose to learn. Right. While other people it's it's kind of like a person chastising you for not being ignorant. 
for any reason. And it's like that, you know, it's it's mind boggling to, to, to see that a person can devalue you as a human being for not believing the same thing as them. That's a very dangerous thing in the world because we have a world full of people who believe a variety of different things. There's a person in the Amazon right now who believes in something, who prays to something that you've never heard of. Right. And you have to come to grips with the fact that that human being is just as worthy as you. Absolutely. And when you start, if you can't even do that to somebody who says, who, who is of your basic still value system, who's not out here as some menace to society, right. who just lives down the street. And you don't like him because he doesn't believe or he does he chooses not to believe something that you believe, that puts you at odds with everybody. Yeah. Because now you can't talk to the the Hindu. Now you can't talk to the Muslim. Now you can't talk to the uh person who has some sort of primal religion uh from some deep in some jungle when you meet them. Because what you're really gonna try to do is you're gonna try to convert that person. Yeah. And that's that's not that's no good. You know, when I went and talked to this pastor not long ago, I realized quickly that it was an attempt of, for him to convert me back. And I kind of understood. Like I I actually believed that that was going to, you know, uh happen. I a couple months ago, I put out an email to local pastors about me being a non-believer and I wanted to come talk to them. Because I wanted to start a conversation with people in their church about, hey, listen, I know that I don't believe the same thing that you don't. That, that I, I know we don't believe the same thing. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that I have to be your enemy. I'm not sure. Like, I don't, I don't wish anything ill on you. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, simply because now when you ask me, well, doesn't that make sense to you? Doesn't don't you b believe in Jesus? And I say no. You can't be so offended to the point where you just devalue me as a person. Yeah, you know that that's that is that does nothing to move humanity forward. Well, at all. <laughs> no, and it's kind of weird. Like uh, you know how we play bat. We used to play basketball on Monday nights. Yeah, and uh, you know the reason I talked to the guy that used to run it. And he's we're not we're not allowed to play anymore because he doesn't go to that yeah, church. Yeah. I was there when he was talking about right. that. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. Like his idea of of having the basketball was to get you know the group of it people was a together, ministry. right? And you know. and and have people there and enjoy themselves. But as soon as he's cast, you know, he goes somewhere else. He's casted out. We said, no, no more. Can't do it. You're not part of our group, so you can't have basketball here anymore. And that's and that's wild, really, because like um, when I, t I I I only talked to two pastors, and the second pastor I talked to, that was a much more constructive experience, and that actually happened at the Church of the Nazarene over oh, there. Oh, really? Yeah. That actually, you know, I went over there. It was the first time I went around the other side uh -huh. and was in there, and I was like, "What <laughs> is this? This looked like some sort of like like." posh type of like office space was churches like, are was, crazy i was like man y'all got some money yeah, right well they don't have to pay taxes but <laughs> i mean it's much i know it's very profitable to create a religion I, but, um 
friend of mine. You gotta have the book of will, then you'd be. You I know? don't even, you know. And that's what a, a friend of mine said. Look, he's like, should we do it? Should we? Should we just make a religion? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I gotta think about it. Because <laughs> I, 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 I could write something. I could absolutely write something that people could believe. Imagine if you can discover believe the snakes ten- talk, and you can believe that the whole earth was underwater. And you know what I'm saying? Like I can come up with something even more believable. Well, think that. about it. So ten years, thousand years from now, or five thousand years from now, that you write that book, and somebody finds it, Some, it yeah. unearths it somewhere, and they think, "Look what <coughs> we just found." And that's the reason this I, was a religion from five thousand years ago. And that's the reason I said no. I was like, "No, I don't want to do this because that's a real misleading thing for me to be like." <laughs> Here I am. This is the truth, and do you shall not. Uh, uh, mess with the text of this book and it's like no no i can't do that i can't in good conscience do that really watching uh that scientology documentary is really what changed my mind on that because really all it it shows you that in modern times a, a really good well a pretty good sci-fi writer can create something that people can believe and almost worship him for so if you can you know i've i I'm writing all kinds of stuff. I mean, I'm I'm a rapper. I I I not only do that, but I yeah, you know, I've been writing a book and I've been writing a screenplay and I write things naturally. That's it's always been a strong suit of mine, you know. It's always been a strength of mine. But to be so deceitful, to just be like, "Hey, um you believe what's in this book?" And give me money. That's that's that is to me it's that is crazy. That, it's a wild concept, but it's very lucrative, and it's probably the best hustle that's ever been created. That's that's a really good point because how many times you hear stories of people like they couldn't afford electric, but because but they were given money to Sunday to church yeah. on Sunday because it, it, they believed they were doing the right thing. Yeah, you know, people get you. You can't, these people are about to get put out of their house and stuff. And these people are paying your mortgage and yeah. sending you on trips and buying you jets and things like that. And no, I don't have any respect for that because that's, I mean, shortly, would they want to ask, what would Jesus do? No, Jesus would not be riding around in personalized jets would jesus have a hundred thousand houses in, yeah. in a country where would, we have how many homeless would, you know <laughs> would you know if jesus you know i actually i tell people all the time i got closer to jesus after i stopped thinking he was a real person when when i stopped thinking jesus was a real person i had finally got into an, a maturity where i was like okay well what was he really about you know and then like you, I, you know i'd read little things i've never read the whole bible all in all i'll be honest i've read about two sentences it's hard to get through it's hard for <laughs> you know i'm about to listen to an audio book or something yeah uh, the I, bible i think i probably should but i don't i mean I, and a lot of people say well if you haven't read the whole thing how can you have a perspective i'm just like listen i don't need to read the whole bible to tell you that i don't agree with slavery no, I've just had a lot of experience. Yeah, right. I just had a lot of experience with people because the area we're in is very Christian yes. area. So dealing with people, you learn about it just from dealing with people. Yeah, you know, I don't need to read a book to have conversations with people to understand their mentality. No, not at all. I don't. I don't. And it's not that 
Um, I don't think that it I would be more helpful yeah, to read right. the whole thing. But, you know, life is life. And right. you only have limited amounts of time. I don't read. If somebody came up to you and was like, hey, why don't you read this thousand page fairy tale book and you don't have much time in your life? You'd be like, nah, I don't think I have time for that. Right, right. You know, but they're like, it's not a fairy tale. It's real. But which version do you read? That's There's the multiple versions, that's right? The, that's, I mean, that's a, you know, <laughs> it's so open to interpretation that just in the Mennonite, right? Just Mennonites themselves, I th- I think they have something like over a thousand different denominations of just that. That's how little anybody can come to a consensus about what this what what's really is believed. I, over when we were playing basketball. Um, I think it was one or two times that I had kept Alan, uh, you know. Yeah, there's a couple other guys, yeah. And and then sometimes other people. One time it was just um, him and his wife. Um, that got late. Oh, man, I came home. My wife was like, you know, basketball ended like, yeah, two yeah. hours ago. <laughs> like, she's once... looking at me like, where you been at? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, God, look, I got into it with these people. It was a very constructive and polite conversation. Absolutely. And that's, I, I like to do that though. Even I started playing basketball on Tuesday. But, but Alan's like that. Alan will have a conversation. Yeah, he'll with have you. the conversation. And, um, I started playing somewhere on Tuesdays and it was, a, it's a church and I ended up started talking to, to the guy who put that together now, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it's not about, it's never me trying to flex my, <laughs> knowledge over people it's hey i i I used to believe like you and i came across certain information that i think is kind of worthy of investigation oh it's that and you have a quest to to learn yeah to gain knowledge and you want to the more people you talk to the more knowledge you will gain and you'll be able to decipher between fact and and fiction and that's why i really wanted to talk to 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 christians because like I tell people, ninety five percent of the people who I love in my life are Christian people. Yeah, you know that that you know that doesn't necessarily mean that the only good people are Christian people, though. That's it. Just means that these are you know a lot of the people who I care about are Christians, and it's not so much that I want to pull them out, but I want them to understand me enough to not, not demonize. That, me. But it's if, weird if you you basically be doing the same thing they are. If you approached it in that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you'd be, you know. Uh, we're both, uh, it's it's kind of like a tug of war. They're like, yeah, well, you know, we could maybe bring him back in. I, I think a lot of them are, are, you know, they're afraid. If they have any kind of worth for you, they're like, man, well, you're not going to make it to heaven. You're yeah. going to hell. And I'm like. It's like that's a, but that's like probably ex, that's probably like a, a big worry though to some of them because they're not going to see you there. My mother-in-law, that's like because uh, in I their think mind, that's one of her worst fears that I mean, because she's she's surrounded by non-believers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Her her son, her husband, her daughter, her her daughter-in-law, her son-in-law. They're they're all people who are non-believers, and that must be a very terrifying thing it's very it's it's very uh sad to me it's a you know that that she has to go through go through life with that yeah. weight on her when it's like look i'm gonna tell you a secret nobody really knows what happens after right. you die 
Exactly. You know what I mean? Like that that's the basis of uh, uh, you know. Isn't it crazy how ingrained it is in her head? Yeah. You know, and it's been visualized. And that's where it comes from when they learn when you learn as a child cuz you know, we learn we pick up most of our knowledge as children. Yeah. That's when we learn, you know, most fearing, impressionable. Fearing hell to a child can yeah. have a very long-reaching effect. That's crazy. You know, to to think Hey, I got to do this right, or they're going to torture me forever. Yeah. Can you think about that when you're like five? Like, you know, like are you five even or developed? And like, you know what I mean? Like, that's all right. The imagery that's kind of put into people, definitely children's head about hell, is far more graphic than if you like sat yeah. them in front of Rambo or yeah. something like that. It's right. like, you know, I people are like, oh, we shouldn't show the kids something that was this violent, that violent. There's no thing, no text I've ever read any part of, and no movie I've ever seen that is more violent than the Bible. When a guy, when, when the Old Testament of the Bible is something that a lot of Christians say, like, oh, well, that, that's, that doesn't matter anymore. But it's like the biography of God. It's like, tells you how God was just like getting mad and just like destroying whole peoples. He gave most, <laughs> One of the craziest things, he gave Moses the Ten Commandments. It was like, thou shalt not kill. And then told Moses to go kill people. <laughs> He's like, I'm sure Moses was like, wait a second, guy. You just said don't kill anybody. He's like, no, but they pissed me off. They're, yeah. they're over there worshiping right. cows and stuff. It, go like, kill these people now. And he didn't even just say kill like soldiers. He'd be like, go here, kill the people. Well, Kill the men, kill the women, kill the children. And in some cases, he was like, kill even their livestock. Now, how many innocent people have you just, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah. no women were fighting. Right. You know what I mean? So those are innocents. No children were fighting. Right. Innocents. Right. And livestock, what could they even do? What can livestock even do? <laughs> so they can move out you, you kill. <laughs> you three fourths of the population that you decimated were innocent people, right? And he's like, "Leave nothing. I want to erase there." <laughs> I'm like, "This is the most like it's this demonic, guy, right? This guy, I can't call it demonic because I don't believe in demons, <laughs> but 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 still, it's the fact that you, a non-believing person, refers to something in a demonic sense is still part of a structure that." is overlaid on the people right and that's and we see that and we're like oh it's that that's the devil it's like cursing though right it's, who, it's who absolutely did, like cursing who who deemed cursing like who said the f word is is the f word and it like yeah. who gets to like where did that come from like so, oh that's a curse word sorry you can't say that it's a made-up word it, who gets it's, the- <laughs> it's just a word it, it, you know to me you know when i was a kid i was when i was a kid I, I kind of was like a late cusser because yeah. I couldn't cuss openly in my house. <laughs> yeah. So I was a late cusser. And I remember this one time I got off the bus and somebody did something and I was so mad that I just went like on like a, like a, a swear torrent. Yeah. I was just going off to anything I could think of. And from that day on, I was a cusser. You know, I, I cuss for emphasis. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But, well, and, and that's but that's where that that comes from though. If you think about the cussing, it's pe- you know people are disapproved of it. So it, it emphasizes what you're saying, yeah. right? You know, and it, it's like I remember I didn't cuss till I was like 16. 
Yeah, and, and like, even though I didn't really believe in the religion part of it, but it was weird because, like, I still believed in, like, the not cussing part of it. Yeah. It was strange, like, how I, like, growing up part of it is, like, I, even though, I, like, in my mind, none of it made sense, I still adhered to it's it. sort of religious. Yeah, right? in a strange way. <laughs> it's sort so, of religious. But then after like 17 years old and like these things, that it was, it was open open gates. <laughs> if you look at the word, if, if you look at like the etymology of the word religion, what it kind of implies is a binding. Right. And that's really what it's about. It's about a binding of a human being into a particular type of human being. And in this world, it's far more, it's far more easier to control yeah, absolutely. A docile people who believe that they're not supposed to get any real reward until they die. We're talking about faith and believing in things. Think about how many things that we don't believe. Think about if you went to the store and spent that dollar, right? And somebody didn't believe in that dollar. Yeah. It'd be worthless. Yeah. Everything is based off of belief. <laughs> believing in it. You know? I mean... I don't believe in the banking system. I take my money out. Yeah. I don't believe in, in, you know, whatever it is. You know, I was listening to somebody this week and when he was crazy, it was kind of scary, but it's kind of crazy <laughs> to me. Yeah, but you still heard enough to yeah. listen. That's the, I like crazy, scary well, types well, no, sometimes. It wasn't, it was just like, uh, like Mike Pence, you know, very religious, okay, right? Yeah. So he, he's the first person, I can't remember in how many years that holds a, um, I forget what it's called, but they basically read from the Bible. You know, in the White House, nobody's done that in years. But hold on, women aren't allowed to lead to lead the passage. No women are allowed to lead; only the men in the group, and it's made up of men and women. How crazy is that? That's our vice president. <laughs> See, that's the kind of stuff that's, that's that's nuts. When I first wanted to talk to you, it was it was really kind of about that kind of stuff about yeah. the fact that this isn't just. This isn't just from like the, this isn't just a problem from a spiritual concept. You know, that's not really was, this is a problem in the sense that I feel like there are people in this country who are more or less about trying to bring about some sort of a theocracy to the sense where, uh, they really want to take hold of this Christian identity and then want to act as that in the world. Mm-hmm. In, and so, and in my mind, that can only mean really what you're trying to do is you're trying to create a situation so the end of the world can happen. Mm-hmm. Because that's really the point of all this. All Christians at all times have believed that they lived in the end times. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many times I hear, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of guys, and some of them in conspiracy realm are are very uh, religious and um, that affects that. And I I listen to them and they talk about their, from their perspective of religious perspective, they think that the end, the end game is the apocalypse, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's from a a, a religious apocalypse, the four horsemen or whatever that is, like all that kind of stuff. And then like their perspective is almost doomier than, Another guy oh. that's not religious, oh, yeah. you know, it's kind of crazy. Like, and they're, but they still have that belief and faith. And they, and you always say at the end, it's, you know, always believe in God and he's going to come and he's going to save us all. And that kind of, you know, he's going to bring the, the people that believed him and are going to go to heaven, right? And the people that don't believe him are going to go to hell in the apocalypse and it's going to cleanse the earth. That's the kind of 
I think that's how that works, right? That's pretty much the basic concept. You know, they everybody's waiting around for Jesus to come back to make things right. Yeah. Because they figure the world is so screwed up that Jesus has to come back in order for things to get right again. I have more of, and maybe some people think this is crazy, but I have a belief in people. I, I believe that people can change the world. I don't think that you need to keep looking for some sort of Messiah to yes. drop out of the sky. People don't even think about how this would look. How does it, what does this look? Can you imagine? They'd be like, the clouds have just opened up and Jesus is ascending. And like there's cam- camera crews there filming this thing. And they're like, here he comes. He's yeah. finally, it's his return. And, but, but there's people on the earth right now who believe themselves there's to be Jesus. That- there's a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of people right now who believe the, the, themselves to be Jesus. They say, I am the second coming of Jesus. I think I, was, I think that's how we fall in the trap, though, of looking at our politicians and and, ho- and voting the next one in, thinking he's going to be the savior. The messianic. That's you know? what religion does to people. It makes you look for a savior and, outside of yourself. Uh, instead of looking in the mirror and yeah, saying, what am, I go- what am I going to do to make the world a better you know, place? The most important thing... I think Jesus said in the Bible, there was a story, there's a story where Jesus, Jesus is about to get like stoned because they're like, Oh, he's going to smoke pot? No, no, he didn't. No, no, he, he, Jesus could never smoke pot. You're talking about rocks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If Jesus, this tells you how much I know about religion. If Jesus was, (laughs) no, okay. In religion, it is customary to stone people, not, not smoke them out, but to stone people. There's actually in the Old Testament, they say, like, <laughs> there's an actual rule that they say, look, if your child is unruly, if you have an unruly child, you have the right to take him out to the edge of town and stone him to death. Like, what? Listen, I got to tell you something. I, I've been, I'm 41 years old, and in the I've known you for, I don't know how many, a couple years now. Yeah, yeah. It's been, but we've started conversating more. In the last couple months or six months, whatever it's been, I've learned more in religion in the last six months talking to you than I learned in the last 40 years. And that's kind of crazy to me because I've been in a church and I know a lot of church people. Yeah. So it's, it's, and they don't teach you these things. They don't get, they don't get on the pulpit on Sunday and say these things. And not just from, you know, I learned more from their side of it and your side of both sides. I've learned from you. So that's kind of crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think, You have to go looking for that knowledge. That's true. You go looking for that knowledge. It has to mean something to you, and you have to give it a space in your life. And my whole thing was, I'm going to say this stuff because, like you, there's a lot of people who don't know these things, who don't, who, who, who haven't. There's a whole lot of Christians. I know a whole bunch of biblically illiterate Christians. I say, I tell them, say, how do I know more about your book than you? Why do I know more about this than you? Why do I know about this story where, where, where David was, David, uh, wanted to marry this, this king's daughter. And uh, I feel, I think he like didn't have enough money or something for it. So, so the king was like, look, go kill, there's these people. I forget exactly who they were. He's like, go kill, I, I want you to go take your guys and go kill this dude and go kill his people. And not only did David kill these people, but he brought back, I think it was like 200 foreskins. 
David cut these oh my foreskins off and brought and just like if you think about it like a movie just flops them in front flops them down in front of the king. Just like, yo, can I have her now? Can I have her? That, that's how he got his wife. It's like this is gruesome, you know, but people don't know these little intricate things because the Bible is huge and it's hard to get through. <laughs> that's crazy. It's so, insane. So now, my question about that story is: Would they? What did she love him, or was this like he basically he's king? No. His king, the king, sold his daughter off for this. Yeah, for foreskins, <laughs> oh he sold his daughter God. for foreskins, pretty much, and oh. foreskins and death. That's what he. He's like, like he so didn't, his daughter probably he, had a lot of self worth. I'm pretty sure that he didn't even know her or nothing like that. He just looked at. He was like, oh, she looked good or something that, like that. That like, is not. It's like. I'm going to get, you know what? <laughs> can, can you imagine having that conversation after you right, slaughtered a right. whole bunch of men? You're like, what do we do now? Should we go back and tell them what we've done? Better yet, let's slice their foreskins We're having off. that conversation with your daughter. Hey, listen. Listen. Uh, he bought me like 200 <laughs> foreskins. I, my hands are tied. You're going to have to go with this deal. I made, I made a deal. I, I, you know, I can't I, go back on My it. hands are tied on this one. You, I'll see you on the holidays yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, you know. Good luck. Good luck with the foreskin cutter. Yeah. He just same. killed 200 people. Now, Good everybody luck. knows. Everybody knows. They teach you a certain select things about certain people. David. This is the same dude who they talk about David and Goliath. Everybody that, knows about David question. and Goliath. Yeah. yeah. They know that he he sl- uh, slew a giant yeah. with a rock well, in a slingshot. Absolutely, they know about that, but they don't know it is the same he, person I mean, who's slicing off foreskins. So getting a wife. Logically, we could do the same thing to a bear, right? We could just yeah, not, we could just, take him out with a be- with just, a slingshot. Let's just start. That's what how somebody should have killed Andre the Giant. Yeah. <laughs> so, how did he die? Guy came out of nowhere, nowhere, and slung a rock at his head. Yeah, he yeah. said it was biblical. It was a, it was a little person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing about it. This it's such a large and convoluted book that people don't know what is in there. You yeah. know some things that are in there because they get on the pulpit and they teach right. you these very basic concepts that are going to make you feel bubbly inside, and you're going to be like, oh, yes, this is for me. They don't tell you the other things. And when you're a Christian, you have to take all of it. Yeah. That's 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 the thing about religion. You have to take it all or it becomes imperfect. And a religion can't afford to be imperfect. Yeah. Because you claim perfection. They said when I was growing up, they said, This is the inspired word of God. Everything in this book is true. So for a long time, I didn't test that. I was like, of course, this is the Bible. Of course, everything is true in here. And then you get older and your intellectual mind is like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Uh, I don't think that you can fit all of the animals in the world on a boat. Right. And then you're like, wait, but what does that mean? What's that? And for a child, this is actually like kind of like an agonizing it's process. It's almost like you, if they're not, if they can think it through, they're thinking this isn't true. So now they're lying to me. So it must be okay it to is. lie. It's similar to Santa Claus. This is why my kids don't will never think oh, there's really? a Santa Claus. Really? I the, and, and the only reason the only reason that I do did that is because 
I understood at some point in time that I had been engineered for religion with Santa Claus. Yeah. Santa Claus is, is God. Santa Claus is, he's a guy with a old, he's an old guy with a, old white guy with a beard. And he's somewhere and he sees everything you do. Right. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. And you better be good or he's going to punish you in some I think way. At this point, I've decided I'm probably more religious than you are because I I do this. We do the Santa Claus thing. Now, my son's I nine. I understand. He, I get it. I he, understand. He is at the point where he doesn't believe in it anymore. But, yeah, I get but it. Though. I also tell him, listen, you can't, you know. My that grand- doesn't make you religious, though. No, that makes, but that it's a religious make- it's a, it, a religious idea. You're trying to acculturate them. Like you're trying to like make the you you don't want them to be the the weird kid in school who right. they're like, "Oh, you know what that person said? They said yeah. that there's not a Santa Claus." And well, I think it's more yeah, about being like hurting maybe somebody else that believes in it. Absolutely. And not not ruining their image. You yeah. Know? Like I have a granddaughter, she still believes in Santa yeah. Claus, and I had to have a conversation with her. I said, "Listen, you can't tell her like you can't go up to his first time you see her and say, you know, hey, you know, at Christmas time, say, hey, you know, that might, you know, they're gonna get our presents for us. It's not Santa Claus. Yeah. You can't be talking about that stuff. <laughs> I, remember, I remember Cat Williams said. <laughs> Cat Williams said he said I've worked entirely too hard to have my children believe in that there's a white man running around putting tree, putting presents underneath the tree. Like, and that's the thing about it. It's just like. I, I, the only reason why I didn't, you know, because there, there comes a day when this has to be a real conversation right. and like her grandparents, they're still for it because her parents, her grandparents are largely religious people. Mm-hmm. Like, so they're still for, they're, they're still, they're like, well, let her, you, you want to take away her innocence. That's what right, they say. Right, well, right. well, my son, they tell, you want to take their innocence. I'm like, no, I don't want to establish this concept that I will lie to you over right. something as arbitrary as whether or not there's a guy dressed in red who flies reindeers. You but, know what I mean? Like I'm, I feel like. But it's okay. It's a white lie. Yeah, white it's lies a little are, white lie. It's, it's, it's just a white, white lie. Okay. The it's white... A, they're okay. Yeah. And I'm like, I thought you were a Christian, right? Like, right. Right. And then, but but I think that all of those kinds of things they kind of without even when you look at the concept of. Santa himself, I mean, the, what they call him, Saint Nick. Right. So he's a saint. So in some way, he already is religious. You know what I mean? Like he's he like his character is. Well, but uh, the, well I guess he was maybe a real person. I don't. I but don't the know. fact that <laughs> that a saint though is giving presents. You know what I mean? Like that that thought process of he's giving presents, and like. There's kids in other countries that aren't getting presents. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that it's weird. It does it's like <laughs> kind of backwards thinking, you know. I thought religion was about giving giving to people I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure how to, to word it, but you you know what I mean? Yeah, you 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 feel like it's a it's about giving to those who don't have. Right. But if that was absolutely the case, then then the people who in the Vatican you know, you live in opulence and you know that there's a world of squalor. Like, you understand that there's, like... You, Wouldn't all you, the homeless get the presents You understand that there's this impoverishment everywhere in the world. Right. But nobody seems to be doing anything about it. People just act like it makes sense. I'm looking forward to the day. And I pro- I know it probably won't be in my lifetime. But I'm looking forward to the day when the, when the world looks at 
poverty. They're like, wait, why is this necessary? Right. Why do why do I why why does this person have to um come up through life feeling as though they are worthless? Right. Like that's like that's that, and that and comes to the same thing about education in, in the like Baltimore areas yeah. and stuff like that. You could re- grow up, you don't have heat in your school. You got to think that nobody cares that you, that you're getting education. So yeah. what are you going to grow up to be? You you're going to go and you're going to become part of the neighborhood. Yeah, going, um, <laughs> going in and being in very hood situations. It teaches you a lot about worth and self worth and. I've seen people, there's a guy I know, when I went to his house, I think for the first time, like, I, I realized that he didn't care, like, 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 they stopped, like, caring, like, they saw, they had so little collective self-worth that they lived pretty much in just filth and just nastiness, and I think to myself, I'm like, why does there have to be, th- why does this have to be? I remember my mom, she would always say, you know, she said, well, as long as there's those who have, there'll be people who have, who, who don't have. And I say, that's backwards. That's for stupid people. We're in a smart people. We, we've, we've figured out a way. It's going to be really hard to end this civilization. Like, because there's so many different aspects of it. Like, even if the United States was blown off the, off the face of the map, tomorrow Mm -hmm. what surrounds it and what has been connected to it will continue the civilization right um and that's i feel like because of that um this civilization is going to be around for a while so yeah we i i think poverty has to be if poverty isn't the first thing that collectively as a as people on this planet that we're not if we're not trying to get rid of poverty and what are we really doing here? What 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 are what what's, what are we what, if if we're not doing that? The only thing that we could possibly be doing here is trying to figure out a situation where a few select people are going to live in extreme opulence, and there's going to just be like this world of people struggling, thinking that life isn't worth it. Well, uh, the the thing about getting rid of poverty though is it has to be de- it's demonized at this point. You know, yeah. you, you know, you have people that, um, you know, the old saying of, you know, p- pick yourself up by your bootstraps and yeah. you're going to just all, you know, you got to pull yourself out of there and, yeah. and, you know, and, and I, until we get over like thoughts of that, I, I just don't know how. And until we, you know, people, you know, like politicians and stuff are willing to change the way they do things now. I mean, we could we could take the freaking uh, military budget this year and say, you know what, we're not we're going to spend all our money on poverty. You'd end world poverty tomorrow. Yeah, you that's know? that's what it's I mean. Priorities. It's that's priorities. What I mean. If your priority, if 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 seeing to people be being um, put on a level playing field, if yeah. that's not really what this is about, right. then of course that's why you see such. Uh, people's cries for revolution and things yeah, because you know revolution is a weird thing because revolution is is something that takes place in the mind first like it takes like first you have to have a revolution of mind before anything physical can ever happen because yeah. those people have to 
change the way that they think, and then they have to be able to congregate and build with each other in a way where they try to upset the status quo because they usually, you know, you find that the status quo is largely criminal. <laughs> well, I think we go through something in this country where, okay, listen, yeah, the, the poorest person in, in America, right, it has it better than most countries. Yeah. And I, I until, you know, when you talk about revolution, there has to be a, that's, that's true, but there's so many things that go on that we don't know about and that are evil at the top that, yeah, we're not, we're not poverty impoverished the way a third world country is, but because we are controlled, which I think that's part of religion is just controlling how we think and how we, how yeah. we work that we just have this idea that it's that we should never have a religion or a revolution because if we have a revolution, we just don't appreciate what we have. Yeah. Well, no, a revolution, revolutions have happened for many different things. Absolutely. And, you know, we have a system that is corrupt beyond, you know, yeah. is, is unimaginable. It's unimaginable. And, you know, at some point, are there going to be enough people though, too, that uh, I, it was a silly thing was when, during the election and I heard my, some of my friends be like, well, if certain people don't get elected, I'm going to, I'm going to go out in the streets and we're going to be a rebel. I'm like, dude, you're going to leave the comforts of your central air house and you're going to go out and, and you're going to revolt. I said, I believe when I see it, that's, there's no way that stuff's going to happen. Yeah. I don't believe anybody, you know, there's a lot of people who tend to think like there's going to be the scenario where it's going to be, them and their friends yeah. versus like the uh, army yeah. somewhere. They're rolling there with tanks. You they're, got like, yeah, uh, you, got you know, the, they're like I need my AK 47 because well, they got them. And I'm like, no, you, what you don't understand is that they have technologies that you will never see. Right. Exactly. You know I mean, they'll hit you with a sound technology yeah. from a mile away exactly. and you'll be on the ground. Like what happened? Right. So it's like, that is out. That is kind of like to me. I think about it has to be a, 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 a an intellectual revolution. Yeah, it has to be a revolution of mind because yes. the reality of is I always think about it. Like I remember <laughs> when I was younger, like I was never I was a, uh, I was never a wrestler or anything. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, like I try to wrestle wrestlers, right mm-hmm. and. What I would find now is that they were just far more versed in the art of grappling. Sure. They knew what to do if I did this with my arm or if I did that, you know. And in this, if we want to look at this like it's a proverbial like wrestling match between the people and those who control the people, they have you beat in the physical. You cannot fight them physically. Right. That's not how this works. Because if you try that, then you give them reason to just annihilate you. And I think that's why, and um, part of the reason why I never think the guns will be taken, because I don't think it matters. Yeah, they, I, people I are think, all worried about it. No. I don't they're, think it matters, because they're just rolling with the tank into your city. What are you going to do? What would you do? I mean, these, you they, know. they, if, if, an, an American city, right, a hundred drones in an American city could yeah. shut everything well, down. But you got to think about that, though. <laughs> the, the, 
the reason people don't think about that stuff is because we're spoiled. Let's be honest. We don't deal with war. We've right. never had to. If deal they had with to that. live over in Syria. Yeah. They would grasp the concept of yeah. of what of war. And, those, and those people understand that kind of stuff. They go to sleep not knowing they're going to wake up. Yeah, you know, you. I tried to. There was a song I did like years and years ago, and I was just trying to put people in this perspective. Like, what would you do if like you lived in a war ravaged city, yeah. and like you had to like listen for like, and you had to listen for things like uh, uh, bombs going off, and uh, listen for alarms and. Oh, you know that that you don't, you know, you you your house got blew up, and you see the mangled remains of your family members or something. You would not like your entire way of processing life would be completely different. Yeah, but we don't see that here, and um, you know, people. I mean, just for the simple act of, I guess it wasn't a simple act, but like for with the Japanese, with the Japanese, you know. They, they, and Pearl Harbor happened. Okay, I understand Pearl Harbor. That was a messed up thing to do. I would never say that the Japanese were right for that. Right. But it also isn't right to drop two atomic weapons on people. Yeah. Like, and to the point in where you know, I was just watching something about that the other day. Think how many people you do, that don't agree with the wars that we're in. Yeah. So imagine now people. you just drop p- bombs on people that probably don't even agree with the war that they're fighting against your own people. It, it's it's insanity. Yeah, it's absolutely insanity, and that's. But I I can't help but to think that all this warmongering and stuff that exists in the world still has a religious root. Because oh, yeah. at the end of the day, there are people... I forget, there's a, na- a certain name for, for... I forget what they're called. But it's a certain type of person whose like, main interest is to bring about the end of the world. And um, if you're religious, um, you know, and, and definitely come out of... Uh, judeo-christian uh 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 uh, situation Mm -hmm. then you know you have christianity and islam i'm not 100 percent sure i don't i'm pretty sure the jew the 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 jewish people uh don't really have this idea of you know that there's uh some some armageddon awaiting Mm -hmm. you know but that's a christian concept you Mm -hmm. know the book of Revelation, that's a New Testament thing. The New Testament is has always baffled me because I <clears throat> I always, you know, you learn that, you know, the Old Testament is pretty much old Hebrew scriptures, you know, it's, it's the scriptures of the Jewish people. And then somebody just came with this other stuff and just pasted it on to your book. So it's like if you wrote a book, and you wrote a specific like in, you know into it or whatever, and then somebody came along and was like, "Look, that's not actually how your book ends. This is actually how it ends." And then you're sitting there like, "No, that's not like I didn't. That's not my idea at all." Yeah. You know. So Christianity and Islam have ca- kind of taken the the this story. You know that Abraham is a is is a very important you know uh, person in all of those. So they've taken this story that has to do with all these people who, I mean, these days, I don't even know if any of these people existed. Like, I, I just, you know, people, there's people throughout history have graves and people talk about them and other stuff. 
But a lot of these people, like, there's nobody ever records their life or anything. Like, well, I mean, history's written by the conqueror. It it really is. So you know? how how much do we trust of history? That's the thing. You know? Yeah, it, you know, you go back and you read books and you read all these things, but really in reality, who's written all the scriptures? Who's written all the, you know, it's not like uh, we allow the right the American Indians. We don't allow their history. No, you know. So I remember this guy I used to work with, and we got into some some religious talk. I used to I used to work at um, the auction over there, Garden Spot. Okay, yeah. And uh, we'd be riding around in vans, driving yeah. cars and stuff. <clears throat> so I'm in there pretty much with all like older, yeah. Men, you know, so me, I'm kind of this anomaly, and this was kind of like the beginning of me saying openly things that people didn't find popular. Mm-hmm. So there was a guy and um, we got into it. He said, well, who wrote, uh, who wrote, I asked him, I said, who wrote the Bible? He said, God did. I said, look, I'm not concerned with your belief of who wrote the, or I want to know who was the person who, who were the people responsible for compiling these texts? Who, um, wrote these texts, right? Because realistically, the pe- like no, like people don't even really know these things. Like it's the, an interpretation of who wrote it down. I mean, everybody has a different interpretation. Like when they say the Book of Mark or the Book of Matthew, those weren't written by Matthew and Mark. Those were written by people who wrote in a particular uh perspective, mm-hmm. and that's why actually when you read it, this is, is why it's so amazing. But the Gospels contradict themselves. There's things that happen in somebody's recollection of the events of Jesus's demise that uh, somebody else didn't record. And sometimes they talk about um, like when he goes, I forget exactly how it goes, but like little stuff like, you know, who was there when who witnessed uh, that that Jesus's tomb was empty. And and, and And that's that story differs between who you ask. So I was more interested in who compiled this thing. Who 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 got these stories and said, okay, this is what we're gonna go with and this is what we're gonna exclude. Yeah. Because there's a whole bunch of apocryphal texts that uh are things that people uh you know that, that the church uh decided not to put in the canon. So there's all this stuff. You know, some people say that some of it is inspired what is the what do you mean the inspired word of God? Like if that if every if all of this is the inspired word of God, then wouldn't all of it be there? You just like, oh, I know that that God, that's the inspired word of God, but we're not going to put that stuff in there. We're just going to kind of tuck that away. It's like, no, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't. There's no part of that that makes me think that that's how it went down. It's just, um, you know, in time, it wasn't until I got further education about the different councils that happened in the earlier church and. Their their selection processes and how uh, books got into the Bible, these were things that n- most people didn't spend time learning about. I know that it's not like a hidden thing, definitely in the age of the internet and stuff. But uh, if you don't care, there's a, there's a question that atheists ask that uh, is always uh, interesting to me, and they always ask. They say. Do you care 
if what you believe is true. And I found in many cases, most Christians don't really care if it's true or not. They just say, well, well, I have faith that it is. And I said, well, you can have faith for, you can have faith about all things. Absolutely. All things can, you know, the way I always put it to people is, you know, when I, when I play basketball, I know that I can make a layup because I've made a layup before. You know, I've seen myself do it. I have a recollection of the fact that I can make a layup. That's knowledge. Now, when I take any shot, I don't know that any of them are going in. I take them on faith pretty much. I have belief that the shot is going in and that's what I do. That's why there's a fundamental distinct difference between belief and knowledge. They're not the same things. And 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 religion is kind of about, about mistaking belief for knowledge. They say, well, I, I heard all countless people say, oh, well, I, I know that God is real. I know that there's, how, so you mean you believe that? Right. You can't really demonstrate. I say, well, can you demonstrate to me? Have you shook hands lately? Yeah, people say wild stuff to you, and then they're like, did you look at like the trees? You see the formations of animals, and do you see how intricate this is? God must be real. And to me, I know you're talking about a character in a book. I I do believe, you know, there's a, I actually have beliefs that say that there is something that created the, all of this. Yeah. But I know that you're not, we're not talking about the same thing. My, my dad always thinks I'm splitting hairs, but it's like, no, God, as these people talk about it, is a distinct character in a book. He has a lineage of, he chose a people. He told them to kill certain people. He brought people out of Egypt. He, like, he's a character. What I'm talking about isn't a character. It's a, it's a, uh, it's just, it is everything. You know, it is, it is the act of creation in itself. It's what I, it, 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 you know, it's the fundamental part of all things. And, uh, what I tried to get into at one point in time, the more spiritual part of my life is in my best frame of mind, I can see that essential part of a person. The part of them that is me. Um, Because that's really, I I used religion almost as a learning tool in many, you know, I would learn from, well, what are the Christians saying? What are the Hindus saying? What are these people over here saying? What are these Jainists saying? What are the, and what I would do is I would just say, okay, well, what is the, what are the things that they all seem to say? As opposed to their differences in their dogmas and what i came to is is that like you know they're 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 all pretty much trying to talk about the uniformity of all things the fact that there's a connection in all things and it's not just a spiritual aspect but it's from a scientific standpoint it only makes sense that everything is made at least on the of the same stuff there's all this stuff you know what i mean like there's there's so we see division, like like we were talking about, division is perceptual. When you can when you can look at the world and you can bring things in instead of trying to push things away, mm-hmm. the world is heaven. 
But as soon as you start trying to push things away, you start living in hell. I always think of that's the way the Buddhists look at heaven and hell is that those are mentalities, that they're states of mind. And that's what I really cling to, that I've experienced heaven in in, in times where I can see uh, the worth and the, the of, of everything and I can you know bring that into me mm-hmm. but I also know what it is to to be in that restricted mind that's what they uh, the, I think that's what uh, in Zoroastrianism that's a, that's a really obscure thing a lot of people don't know about if you ever want to learn something about interesting learn about Zoroastrianism because it had a distinct effect on Christianity huh um, I've never heard of it yeah Zoroastrianism it's a it, it was a uh, it, it was actually like the ancient religion of Persia. Oh, really? Yeah, they Interesting. were. That's what they that before uh, all that became Islamic. Um, these days, they call the I think they call them the Parsi religion or something like that, because they're still practicing Zoroastrians. But once uh, Islam took over, like a lot of people fled and went to India and stuff like that. Okay, but Zoroastrianism. Like they introduced the concept of like a dualistic thing going on where there's like this good God and then there's like this devil. Mm-hmm. Um, their God uh, is named Ahura Mazda. Mazdas are named the for, car. Yeah, for Ahura Mazda. Huh. A lot. So people, you know, people, you see this stuff, but you don't really even know. You know what I mean? Like, um, and then uh, I, th- I think uh, they're they're. Uh, devil i think it was angra main um and that's like their devil character he's the adversary Mm -hmm. because in reality the 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 jews like didn't even talk about anything in the bible lucifer is like god's right hand man he's like his buddy like right wasn't he shunned to to hell no like he like because he, he did something he wanted, bad or something. The the story is is that at some point in time, Lucifer wanted to be as great as God. So God was like, he he um, pretty much uh, banished him to Earth, uh, and, and and I don't even know where the whole concept that like hell is a weird thing. When you start to learn about, it, you're like, they don't even really define this well. Like, mm-hmm. but it's like. So I guess there was <coughs> some pit, some you know, like uh, did he? Did, it's almost kind of like Lucifer, like came to Earth and was like, "All right, we need a place to put all the people we get. Like we need to make hell. Like they did a construction job or right. something, and made hell. <laughs> Just like we need more fire in here. We got to torture people down here. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, um, Zoroastrianism was uh, it was it predated um. Any religion or not, just not any religion. I think maybe the old. See, that's the thing. The the more you go back in the history, the more obscure you like. You see that people have always been trying to form these thoughts. Yeah. And about what's going on here? Did something create us? Why do I do bad things? Why? Like they've been. All these questions have always made their way into people's belief structures. Um, but yeah, it was. It, it's older than Christianity. By far, like it, it was an influence. It actually ended up influencing Christianity in a variety of different ways. In the Bible, there's even a guy who is a Zoroastrian. 
um, there's a guy who's a Zoroastrian who is tasked with rebuilding this temple. I forget exactly who it was. It might have been Cyrus, uh, maybe. But um, he was tasked with rebuilding this temple. And I was like, wait, God told a dude from another religion to do that, like to, to, to reconstruct a temple for him. It's like, wait a second. Uh, the, you know, why is this? Why is there this overlap? And that's because it was such a prevalent part of that earlier world. You know, it these things blend eventually. Those thoughts, you know, you as soon as you get wind of another thought, um, it makes a way into your mentality. I think that's why they tried to stress at certain parts in the Old Testament. They're like, you know, there's rules like you see somebody uh, practicing something else, uh, kill him. <laughs> and then they say even more, don't even just kill him. Kill the people who live in his town. You know what I mean? Like that's that's how that's how uh It's like barbaric. It's more like it's the fact that these are supposedly God's people. Yeah. This is this is a story where where I think it was I'm pretty sure it was Moses. Moses was like uh in reality, Moses was like a terrorist. He's a gangster. Like he, he was, was he was cartel. He was a gangster. He worked for the biggest gangster. It was God. God yeah. was like the Godfather. Like he was, you know, he was sending him to break knuckles and stuff. He would break legs, and and worse because in this story, there's this one where Moses, um, I forget exactly what happened, but I think something had happened. I think to like the women that the Israelites or travel or something. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And God is like, look, like there's going to be these girls who are going to this party or uh, it was like a festival or something. And he's, he's like, they're going to be dressed real good and stuff like that. And he's like, so what y'all need to do is go hide like in the bushes. And when they come, just take them, just take them and just like, you know, they're, you know, bring them back. You know, they're yours, you know? And, and, but that's that sounds crazy, but that's not an anomaly in this story. Like there's always this take slaves, take the people as slaves, take the women as your sex slaves, take you know what I mean? Like that like they you know, and they have to do what you say, you know, like Yeah. And it's like, man, this guy, God, if well, if anybody ever did like a psyche like a psychological evaluation of God, yeah. like this person is a madman. <laughs> this person is easily like Hitler. Hit this Hitler. Hitler is nowhere near on on this level of barbarism. So you just like, take you take you take a, a information down. You write a bunch of things out that he did right, and then you change the name and you give that to psychologist and say, describe this person. There was a book. <laughs> there was a book I read one time, and um, there was a test um, that it gave, and it was like. This person massacred forty thousand people and uh, did this over uh, because two people from different tribes got married and stuff. And um, they like listed like it was like multiple choice. It was a couple of questions, and like A, B, C, and D would be like different like world like uh, boogeyman. You know, mm-hmm. it would be Hitler or you know so. Uh, you know, Osama Leopold the Fourth or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, um, 
And at the end of the test, you come to realize it's like, look, there was none of these people. All of these things were done by the Christian God. Like, it's not, so it's easier to say, oh, well, Hitler would do something like that. But you worship something that is a mass murder, like, that killed all kinds of people, uh, did weird things. He, he impregnated a teenager. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, he's like, it's like, come on now, like, you're, where's your, Christians often ask me, they say, without the Bible, where's your moral compass? And I'm like, if you read the Bible and are able to twist it in a way where it's moral to have slaves and to kill people and to just be just vile, then I would say you have no moral compass. So think of like, that's this last couple minutes of this conversation I'm thinking back and I'm thinking back all the times I've been to church. Right. And all the times I've talked to people that are that go to church that I know and we've never had conversations about this part of the Bible. No. So it's like anything else. They give you the good without giving you the bad. You know, we always just want to praise the good. We don't want to we don't want to talk about the bad part of it. No. Which is craziness. They don't want to talk. It's kind of like. But that's the whole thing here. The whole thing is is that we live in this world that tries to make things nice and neat. Now, like, right. this is a good person. This is a bad person. You know this, and and in and in when you inspect these supposed good people or bad people, <laughs> you start to see you start to see that uh, it's not so clear cut like that. Right. Good and bad people. That's a, that's, that's pretty much a fairy tale. Like that's a child's tale. You know, um, there are people who do good things and there's people, you know, me, myself, you know, I've done good things. I've done horrible things. Right. And I mean, things that, you know, is not on no level of killing nobody or doing, you know, stuff to people, you know, against their will and stuff. But it's like, I've done things. I've been a, at times, I've done things and really had to really sit with myself and say, like, am I a bad person? Like, and I think none of us are free of that. No, absolutely so not. The the thing is, is if you can convince a world full of people that they're bad people, well, or or, or on the other hand, these good, perfect people, I mean, that's it's it's all childishness. It's not real. It's it's almost like a religious privilege. It, it is a privilege. It, right. It, it, so there's a real privilege. <laughs> so if you're a Christian, you're, you're the top of the heap, yeah. right? And everybody below you is nothing. You get to question my morality because I don't believe right. what you believe. And that is not civilized in any way, shape or form. There's no way that you can um, even pretend it to be. Right. You know, it's it's not civilized to say, "Oh, you're different than me." Well, I'm better than you. Right. You know, that's kid stuff. You 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 you're supposed to learn more than that as a child. <laughs> right. You think uh, in the Bible they would teach you that everybody is is equal, and that you know, that's the thing. I never read the Bible, so I, my perception of what's in in the Bible that it's it's about. Uh, because of learning, of hearing over the years that all the good stuff, right? So my perception of never reading the Bible is 
that, you know, it preaches everybody's equal and, you know, you should never look down on people and re- reality of, of what it teaches or not teaches, but what's in there is different. They do, but they do say stuff like that. And that's where so many people are confused. Like they do say stuff. They'll be like, um, yeah, everybody's equal. Um, but if, if you see homosexuals, you're supposed to stone them. You mean, so they do say those things, but then they contradict it in so many different ways that you're not going to see the contradiction. You're going to learn that part that gets you hooked and believing that it's perfect because everybody's like, oh, of course it's perfect. They said, love your brother and love. Yes, it does say that, but it also details the idea that like God is pretty much like some sort of mob boss and he's like killing people if they don't worship him and like like they, they don't the original, talk about he's those the original names. gangster he is he is he really is and <laughs> you know i know that and there's a lot of people say oh man that's so a lot of people right now you know if you're yeah. li- listening like you're going to hell for, <laughs> yep. for even su- suggesting something like that but <laughs> like 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 uh my fa- one of my favorite comedians eddie griffin said he said, Christians like to tell you this. You going to hell. He said, how the hell do you know? Who told you? Like, God came down. It's like, hey, tell, tell me going to hell. Yeah. Going to hell. It's like, no, man. I, I don't believe in those types of things. But that doesn't mean that we can't build with each other as human beings. The only way that we don't is if your bias gets in the way. If your religion and uh, your unsubstantiated beliefs get in the way of you building with me or other people as human beings outside of the realm of religion and things that no one can substantiate. So, uh, you know, it has to be, you know, uh, we, we, we got a lot of work to do as people. Absolutely. No, we got a lot of we got a lot of work to do, and and the only reason why I even wanted to begin this this conversation with Christians is out of a love for them and out of a want to have a relationship with them on a non superficial level. On you know, I shouldn't you know, I I don't want to harp all day on how 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 I think the Bible is immoral and things like that. I'd much rather find our commonality and build on that but i in many ways i can't because as soon as you entertain or 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 you 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 interject uh the fact that um i can't be uh trustworthy or i can't be uh of any value to you then we can't go anywhere right and to me that is one of the has, Best examples of division it has to be exists. reciprocating conversation. It has to be. If I'm willing to put value on what you to have to say, you have to put value on what yeah. I have to say. You know, you don't have to believe right. nothing that I say. But at least <laughs> you have to you have to engage in the conversation and and be respectful of that person. If you if you're not if you're going to say no matter what you say, I don't believe because you're not Christian. Gotta, where do, yeah. How do we get anywhere? We got to have an intelligent conversation. Yeah, and you have to be. Uh, uh, intellectually honest enough in order to say, "Hey, you have a point there." In order, right. in, instead of trying to get have this emotional response to, right. 
you know, well, you said, you know, how dare you say that something like that about David, that he was cutting off foreskins. It happened. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and then you just look kind of dumb if you, like, act like it's not happening. And then some dude who doesn't even believe it well, tells you about but it. But some like, people don't want to have that conversation because the problem is you're going to bring up things they can't explain. Exactly. And that's and, the problem. You know, nobody wants... I, being a person who knew what it was like, there was a time in my life in that transitional stage when, when I went from considering myself a Christian to not considering myself a Christian, I know what it is to have a hollowness um, where there was once a faith. Yeah. And nobody wants that. Right. Because it's not easy. It's it's like, uh, it's <laughs> to me, it's like boot camp or something. Like, it's it's a very hard place to be at. To start trying to say, okay, well, what is my conception of what's going on here? Not what somebody is just dictating to me, yeah. but what am I making of all of this? Because people yeah. say a million things, but you have to be able to uh, sift through it and be able to say, well, this is actually what I believe and not so much this other thing. Well, the, what you believe in it a lot of times affects your train of thought and your decision making. Absolutely. You know, it... it, it, it and if you don't, and you're in a transition where you don't know what you believe in, that you start questioning everything, right? Yeah, I mean, the the number one thing I I can't say the number one thing, but one of the most one of the one of the things that I'm the most kind of disgusted at myself about is when I was a Christian, I learned to dehumanize homosexual people to mm-hmm. the point where it was like. It's just all bad, and there's no good that can come from them, and all of this. And I learned this, and I had a fear of them. I remember there was a time where my my parents, we went to, I want to say Boston. I want to say Boston. And it was me and my family, my cousins were there and stuff like that. We went to this hotel. There was, there was a group of uh, uh, homosexuals. I forget exactly what they were. I don't know their group or anything, but I I remember we all went to the pool and they were down there and stuff like that. <clears throat> and one of them tried to speak um, to my cousin. And I remember we got rushed out of the pool and eventually we actually left that hotel, got a reef, like we got a refund and went to this other hotel just because they were there and just because one had said that, that in their minds they must have made a fantasy where he was trying to like seduce right. my cousin or something. And it's like like growing uh, up in that element. You know, if you're a guy and another guy's gay, he, he he's gotta want you. He's gotta he want every guy. It's, yeah, it's not it's just, just one like, or the other. He has and most most you know, <laughs> most people really like have this inflated like version of themselves. Like, man, I'm hot. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> like this you know, who who doesn't want this right, right here? Right, like right. I know that this guy's over here right. wanting this. It's like they probably ain't even concerned with you. Like right. you know, and that's the thing about it. I, I'm I was very disgusted. Um at the fact that it took me a really long time in order to actually hang out with gay people and to to be around them to 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 form relationships where I would be like, you know what? Like I'm offended at the fact that you would think that this person is a bad person just because of their sexual orientation. Like yeah. and I became very angry about that because I learned that bias somewhere. 
I learned that bias from that book. You know, I think that's the way. You know, I don't know. So much of we're too busy not minding our own business and letting people be people. You know, and I don't know if that comes from religion or something else, but I think that's that's a lot of that. And and the fear thing, like you said, you were you're fearful, right? And I think yeah. that comes from the religion because you know you're instilled with fear at the beginning. Yeah. Right? So you're you're already fearful at a young age. If you don't do this, this is going to happen. Uh, and that just continues as you get older. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation where you're fearful of something you don't know. Absolutely. And it's easy easier to condemn than it is to learn. Way easier. And, and, and in this world, you're going to find such a wide array of people that right. you that that's not a good philosophy for how to live because if i'm always coming up against these people and being afraid of them because they differ from me in some way well i'd be afraid of the entire world because knowledge lost it's yeah it's i mean how many people how many i i can't help but to wonder how many relationships and with people i couldn't have simply because you know there's no time where i can actually think about where i was actually talking to like a hindu person or something like and and trying to build a real relationship with them yeah and that's not just on the christian end that goes for anybody who has this exclusionary way of 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 dealing with life to the point where it's like um if they don't believe what you believe you should not associate with see like nowadays and you guys always this way but it's just more nowadays but like i i want to find people like that i want to talk to people i enjoy like a lot of times when i watch things on youtube or interviews and stuff i want to watch things that are interviewing people that live in different countries their perspective it's why i'm you know it's why i'm addicted to documentaries because they let me see aspects of life that are are different to right, me, right? Different, and yep. not even sometimes inconceivable, right? Sometimes, sometimes things like sometimes people live ways and and live in certain circumstances that are inconceivable to me, and my my goal is to uh, well, it's uh, kind of like though what we were talking about earlier is like imagine somebody in the Amazon. Our lifestyle is inconceivable to it's them. Inconceivable to them. I watched this one documentary about when they um. When the Inuit people, you know, people call Eskimos, but when the Inuit people um, first came into contact with, like, Westerners, and they had actually had, like, there was somebody who had, like, made, like, a prophecy in their, like, past that said, like, there's going to be, like, some, like, pale-looking people coming one day, Uh and they're going to take you to a world that is completely outside of your ability to understand like and that happened and and the way that they framed it like they they framed it in the sense i remember there was this one shot taken inside it was a it was a taken inside of a car and it was going down the street and i think it was like new york city and it made it really gave you this idea of like what was what if this was the first time you saw this and you didn't know it existed. Yeah. And right? you were living out in like the, you know, maybe not the wilds because I'm sure they had their civilization, but like 
if you didn't think that and if you didn't know of any of this and then somebody brought you here you it, it, it's the same thing as if like you got abducted and went to a different planet right it'd be the right. exact same thing so it's like they don't have a conception of this we don't have a great con- us we have hardly no conception of anything that has to do with people who are still integrated with nature right we're so far removed from it that we just we, we think it's normal hunting for their own food yeah, every types. night fishing that kind of stuff you know it's, it's that kind of stuff that we actually uh yearn for we yeah. yearn we, when we talk about freedom we're talking about i woke up this morning and i did exactly what i wanted to do and needed to do to yeah. survive and we we've we've we we don't know anything about that We've been largely just kind of pacified into uh, giving that responsibility off to other people, right. and now we uh, <laughs> now we have to venture into nature. Yeah. We don't live in it. We venture into it. And I, you know, I'll go on a hike or something or a walk. And I'm like, oh, it feels good getting back into nature. There was a time where it's just like. Back in, I live in nature. Like I'm, I'm a part of nature. Did you ever listen to hear uh, Killer Mike? Yeah, Dude, uh, that guy. I was listening to him one time, and he was. It was a short snippet, but he's like, "You guys are out here talking about revolution. How, wh- what are you going to do? You're going to revolt, and then what are you going to eat? You can't even cook your own. F- you can't grow your own food. Not, yeah. You, yeah, we got to. We got to be ready. We got to learn how to." to farm how to do all these things you can't even get anywhere near revolution until that happens yeah. you know and that's the thing i mean we, we we've largely removed ourselves from nature and even that um can be reflected in our religions we you know that instead of you having this connection with nature and and, and, and all kinds and, and creation and and kind of a uniformity and a you know a universal um, type of connection, uh, you have this situation now where um, you, you you've made God this thing outside of you, and it's not you know it's 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 pretty much a, just this big person you know who. Um, you know, who was powerful, and in his power, like they show the way that they conceive God's power through his acts. Through his acts, they the, God's power is seen. Uh, it's pretty much seen like how we view the world. Whoever can kill the most people is the most powerful, right? You know what I mean? Like he, God, or, or money. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, even. Now that's you know. Now you got people convinced that God needs money, right? You know what I mean? Like you say, hey, you know, you need to make a offering. Yeah, yeah. God was talking. God was talking about animal offerings and things. Like people are the (laughs) now. Now they're like, oh man, God can really use these dollars. I see these pastors on TV all the time. One guy, Olstein or whatever. Yeah, Joe Olstein. Yeah, like he's driving around in like you know mercedes benz and and all this stuff and like i'm thinking he's got like this big huge church i'm like how many homeless people you fit in that church like how many uh how many all that money that you're spending on your mercedes how many you know how many people could you fed with that with that money and you know i don't 
I don't get that whole thing. When I drive past churches now, I used to look at them like they were like this whole these holy places. Like every time like I go in churches now, I just do stuff to kind of not to be disrespectful, but to show that I don't have to view this the way that everybody does. Yeah. Like I, I I'll go into church with a hat on. And people say, well, you're not supposed to do that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. You're not supposed to have a hat on. And I'm like, I don't, I do it to show a person that I don't have to believe what you believe. I don't believe I'm doing anything wrong right now. So So who's to say that your perception is wrong? Yeah. You know, how, how can you, and really what I find is, is now, you know, I think, and it's funny because people like. People, people sometimes they'll make little comments. They're like, well, you know, you're supposed to take your hat off when you come into the oh, church of God. My, my grand, now you say that. My, my grandfather yelling at me about that stuff. Yeah. Take your hat when you came in the house. Stuff like that. Yeah. You know, my mom, she still doesn't like people wearing hats at the table. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always got to wear a hat because I'm bald. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got a hat on all the time. I don't, I don't need you looking at my baldness. So I always got a hat on. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think. I don't know. I don't know about what you think, but I, that might be a good place, you know, to, yeah. to try to yeah try to yeah, wrap it up. What? Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, thank you for uh, coming on and, and doing this with me. Oh, definitely, I it was, enjoyed it. It was fun. So it is fun, and, and and I think now you see, you can see, you know, that you know it, it can be a learning thing. Yeah. For you, because that's really what it is. It's about these people coming on in your podcast, educating you, and then you being able to educate other people with Absolutely. your experience. So that's that's what's awesome about podcasting. I think I love different perspectives. You know, you don't always have to agree with my perspective, no. but when we have good conversation about different perspectives, that's very productive. It's productive because now it makes us think about what we truthfully believe as a, as opposed right. to, you know, it's easy. So Sometimes, you know, you get some information and change your whole perspective on Absolutely. it. You know, something like cryptocurrency or something. Yeah. That was a, something that I had no conception of like a year ago. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I didn't, and, and now it's becoming something that continues to draw me to the point where I could see where eventually I'll, you know, get yeah. into it. <laughs> we'll have to get you there. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll yeah. be fun to learn, you know. Well, it's, it's, yeah. And that's just another thing to learn is, you know, that's why we have conversations. That's why we have them. That's why we can't be afraid to have the conversations. Absolutely. The conversations are the most important in keeping us, uh, uh, humanized. And you don't always have to agree with the person either. Never. Now, you know, I like talking sometimes to people who are opposed. Absolutely. So that we can, so they, you can make your points and I can As long as it's constructive. And it's constructive. Yeah. And, and usually it's about being respectful. And a it's, lot of, it's yeah. funny when you have a constructive one with different viewpoints, because at the end of it, you usually come close to almost agreeing. You yeah. know what I mean? You you find <laughs> that there are things you agree with. Right, right. You may not agree on everything, right. but very basic concepts you, you yeah. do agree with. And that's the key, really, to the world. Right. You have to figure out that there are people who differ from you but are also the same the building blocks are the same <laughs> yeah and you just gotta figure out how to get those building blocks more important i remember somebody said they said just want to people just want a, a place to lay their head and food to put in their children's stomach yeah and that's really you know that's that's at the core of it you know yeah absolutely all right man all right that's it all right thanks man see ya